everyone, my name is Philippe and this is the podcast Life with AI, the podcast that we talk about artificial intelligence in a simpler way. And guys, I gotta tell you that I'm very excited to this episode because for the first time we have the same architecture being the state of the art for different problems. And when I mean different problems, I'm saying I'm talking about NLP and vision and also the same way of training to achieve this state of the art for both problems. And also for a third problem that I will talk about in the ending of this episode that I was not expecting, but I found out during the research that I was doing for this episode. So to start, what is the state of the art for these both problems, NLP? And when we are talking about NLP, is mainly natural language processing, that is text and audio. And when we talk about vision, is mainly images and maybe videos. But what's the state of the art for both? The state of the art for both is the transformer architecture using the attention mechanism. I will not enter into the architecture of the networks it's themselves in this episode specifically, but I will talk more about how to train it and, and how to train it. To train it, we use self-supervised learning. And you guys should know already that self-supervised learning is being a thing for a lot of different problems and for a lot of different important people. Because the first episode here in our podcast about self-supervised learning was with Fernando, which is a postdoc in USP, which is the best Brazilian university. Then I did an episode myself about it. I, I interviewed Lucas. Uh, Lucas Miguel, and he said that uh, the state of the art of audio processing using Facebook network, they use self-supervised learning to train their network. Mathieu Cord, which is my professor at Sorbonne and a great researcher, he also told me that these new kinds of learning like self-supervised, same-supervised and non-supervised, they are very important right now. Also, Ian Lecan, the director of AI in Facebook, He said that they will work a lot on this new kind, this new way of training without uh, only labeled data. So you should already be aware that uh, self-supervised learning is very important. And now the state of the art of vision and NLP use self-supervised learning to be trained. And well, so to start this episode, it's important to remember what is self-supervised learning. Self-supervised learning is when you use only the data not the labels, to train uh, a network that will understand the data itself. So when we are talking about NLP, we're going to train a language model that will understand the language. So when we talk about English, the language model will understand the relationship between words, the, relation, the context of the words, the semantic information behind everything. So this is a language model. And on image, you can think about the relationship between the forms in the image, the relationship between the pixel intensities and everything. So we're gonna understand the image or the text itself, the language model itself, and then we're gonna apply this information that we got to some specific tasks. How we're gonna do it? We're gonna do a fine tuning after this pre-training, we're gonna say, using self-supervised learning. So we pre-train our model, our network, using the self-supervised, and then we're gonna fine tune this learned model to a specific task, okay? So let's start by NLP. And for NLP, uh, well, I'm gonna talk about some specific networks that are the state of the art and what did they bring to us to this new training method? 
We're gonna start, of course, about BERT. BERT is a network proposed by Google on 2016 or 2017, and it completely changed the NLP scenario. Why? Because once BERT was proposed, it was the state of the art for the whole NLP tasks. So in NLP, we have named entity recognition, when you, we want to recognize all the entities of the sentence. So we have a sentence we, we need to say for all words, if it's a name, if it's an adjective, it, if it's a verb, and this is name identity recognition. We have a translation, which is also a very hard problem that Bert was the state of the art. We have sentiment analysis or document classification. Bert was the state of the art for all these problems. All the sub-problems of NLP, BERT was a state-of-the-art. So you can see that it really changed the game for NLP with this architecture called BERT. And how do we train BERT? Because this is the most important thing. Not the architecture itself, of course the architecture is very important, but transformers and attention were proposed before BERT. BERT just found a way to mix everything together and train in a good way. And how did they do it? They used a masked language model and the next sentence prediction. Let's start by the masked language model. The masked language model is when you put some tokens in some specific words where the model will not know what the, which word is in this token. So we're gonna pass through the network the words that we have in the sentence and these tokens, these masked tokens. And the goal in the end is the network to predict uh, what's the word in this masked token. So imagine we have a sentence, I like you a lot and we're gonna put a masked token in you. So it's gonna be, I like the masked token a lot. You can predict, uh, and the goal of the network will be to predict what is the word in this token. Of course, this is a very hard problem. And even for us humans, we have a lot of different uh, possibilities to put in this token. You can be, it can be, I love bananas a lot, I love you a lot, I love her a lot, I love him a lot. We have many different words. So imagine now a second version of this, of this problem, uh, which is, you are amazing, I love you a lot. And you're gonna, and you're gonna put the mask in the same word on you. And, but now it's much easier to understand that the, for us humans, that the right word here is you, because you are amazing. I love you a lot, it makes sense. So for the, the algorithm to predict correctly what's the word, it really needs to understand the semantic of the, the sentence, the relationship between the words and the context itself. So if the algorithm in the end of the training is able to predict correctly what is the word, it means that it really understood all the relationships between this, this language model. And so in the end, it learned the language model itself. So that's the goal of NLP, is that in the end, we're gonna have a pre-trained network that understood the language model itself, which is amazing. And I told you guys about these mask tokens, the masked language model, but there is also a second thing that they proposed in the paper, that is the next sentence prediction. Because, okay, we can understand the semantic of the, the sentence, the relationship between the words, but only in one sentence. We cannot understand many different sentences. So the goal here is to have in the next sentence prediction is to have two sentences and we're gonna say if the second sentence follows the first or not. So let's take uh, our example. I love you a lot is the first sentence. And the second would be 
because you are amazing to me. So, of course, for us, the second sentence is related to the first one. So the algorithm would predict, yes, the second sentence follows the first. But imagine another sentence. Uh, I like you a lot. And the second sentence will be, I ate bananas this morning. Of course, the second sentence has nothing to do with the first one. And the algorithm needs to understand it because, well, it knows the language model itself, but it doesn't know the relationship between the sentences. So using this during the training, we make our algorithm understand also the relationship between sentences, not only between words and the semantic between sentences, which is very important. So the, the, the Bert architecture, the Google researchers, they proposed this all, these two techniques to train the Bert. And well, as I told you, this was a state of the art for every different problem on NLP. You may see that uh, it worked very well and it makes sense, right? Because using this, well, at least in my mind, if the algorithm is able to do correctly these two tasks, well, it means that uh, somehow it understood the language model itself. And just to well, specify here for you guys, uh, in the BERT paper, they use a 15% mask tokens. So if you have a sentence, if you ever have a sentence of 100 words, you would have 15 words masked in this, in this problem, just to specify how the percentage of the words. And of course, if you put like 50% of the words uh, masked, it would be kind of impossible even for us humans to be able to predict it. Okay, this is BERT. Let's go to the second network, which is also amazing. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but there is this network called GPT-3, uh, which came for the, the first version, that is GPT. It's a neural network. It's a model proposed by OpenAI uh, Research Institute, and their goal is to generate text. So they, they can generate sentences, they can do amazing things. And this is an autoregressive model. Uh, it's important to clarify that it is an autoregressive model because autoregressive means that the network will use the, the one information to do the next prediction. So if, as the goal here is to generate text, it generates uh, first one word, then the second and the third. So the word that the algorithm generates, it's important to generate the next one and to the, generate the next one. This is an autoregressive model. And it's important to say that because they will, they of course, they're gonna use masked language model and next sentence prediction, but they're gonna use a third thing to train their network. As the goal is to generate a word or predict a word, why don't you use it during the training? So we're gonna use masked language model, next sentence prediction, and predict next word. So the goal here is to take a sentence and we're gonna predict the next word of a sentence. So imagine our sentence from the beginning. Uh, I love you a lot. The first word would say I, and we're gonna give it to the algorithm. And the goal will be to predict I, the second word, which is love. So this is a very hard problem. And to be solved, they, they proposed an architecture of 175 billion parameters and it was trained with many many gigabytes of data and well i will not enter into the architecture but i would go on, i promise you guys i will do an episode specifically about gpt3 
because the network is able to do many different things. This is amazing. They are not only able to generate sentences, they are also able to do mathematical operations, translation, uh, resumes of uh, text. So this is really amazing that they trained an algorithm that can do all these different tasks. And it's not like one algorithm to do translation, one to do sentence generations, another one to do mathematical operations. The same algorithm, you're gonna give to it, okay, uh, solve for me this equation, and you're gonna give it the equation, and the algorithm gonna give you the answer. Or translate the sentence from English to Portuguese for me, please, and you give the sentence. <laughs> you just give the input text, asking what you want, as you would ask for a human, and the algorithm gonna give you the answer. This is amazing, and I, I promise you guys I'm gonna do an episode just about GPT-3 one day, but I, I really need one specific episode. And the last network that I'm gonna talk about here is Electra. This was a paper proposed by Amazon in 2020, and what did they say? Well, you guys did amazing models. Uh, the way that you train using this masked language model, predict next word, next sentence prediction. This self-supervised learning method that you created is amazing, but has one problem, one big problem, which is it takes too long to train and you need a lot of computational resource to do it. So they proposed a new way to train this language model, which is using the replace token detection. What they're gonna do is that they're gonna change some specific words in the sentence and by this word, the goal in the end is to say which word was changed or replaced or not. So you have the, the sentence like, I love you a lot. And you're gonna change like you for bathroom. A wording that has nothing to see with the text itself, but an algorithm would just be able to detect it if and only if it understood the language model. And well, they used it. And in the end, well, the goal is just to predict this word, was it changed or not? So it's a binary classifier in the end. You're going to classify each word if it was replaced or not. And in the end, they showed that they were able to train a very good language model with the same or better results for some different tasks with much less computational resource and in much less time. So this is a paper in 2020, very new one, a very recent one showing well, great results in a different way of doing self-supervised learning for learning a language model. So just to recapitulate, I said to you guys here, four ways of doing self-supervised learning and you don't need to choose between none of them. Well, if you can use all the four together, you're gonna need more computational resource, more time, but if you have uh, enough GPUs, and energy is not a problem for you. Well, of course, uh, electrical energy, not uh, your your energy yourself. But if these both things are not a problem for you, you can try to train your language model using these four. Masked language model, next sentence prediction, predict next work, and replace token detection. But, uh, well, the results that they gave us, uh, it's already very good. And all these models, well, BERT is open sourced. You can access GPT-3 using an API key, which is, well, free for everybody. If you want to fine-tune your model using GPT-3, you, you need to pay, but it's not that expensive. And Electra, I think it's also free. It's also open-sourced. Yeah, so that's what I had to talk about NLP. And guys, just to tell you, 
I read five papers, well, four, four full papers and one specific part of the GPT-3 paper because the paper have uh, 75 pages. I didn't read everything. I just read uh, what was important, but the other four, I read everything. So, well, if you guys are liking this episode, well, you, you can share to your friends because it was very hard to, to make this episode. So, well, if you guys are enjoying and think it's it's a good episode, you could share to your friends if you think it could it would help them also. But okay, let's go to the computer vision problem. Well, as I told you guys, computer vision is when you're talking about images and image processing. And we had a problem here because in NLP to predict a, a word, for instance, you would really need to have a semantical understanding of the whole text or at least of the whole sentence. But in computer vision, to well, how how would you do it? We would uh, to to do this masked language model, for instance, in computer vision. We would just mask some pixels in the image, and the algorithm would need to predict these pixels. But when we are talking about images it's much easier to solve this problem because just by the neighbor pixels, we can predict what's the pixel. You can do a simple interpolation. You take like the four pixels near to it and you do an average between them. And you, this is a linear interpolation and you're gonna have very good results just doing that. We have many different interpolation techniques that are much better, take more time, but it's much better. And also we have, um, algorithms that solve very well these problems, not really easy. If you train an artificial intelligence model to solve this task, it will be very, very easy. And there is a second problem that is, before uh, we used CNN architectures to, well, at least we still use CNN, but here we're gonna talk about vision transformers. But CNN, you have a problem to train using CNNs because CNNs takes more like a local information, not a global information. So just by taking the local information, we would understand everything to predict the pixel value. So pre-training the architecture, just using this would not give us a big understanding of the whole image and the relationship between everything, the forms and, and so on in the image. So it's not the goal that we want. We want something that have a big understanding of the image to then do the fine tuning. And what we did before, we pre-trained our neural network using ImageNet because we have uh, many different images with a thousand different classes. And we hope that through these images, we will understand, well, the features, the forms, the, the relationship between everything. But the problem is that we only had uh, local relationships. The results were very good. Well, we had the uh, state-of-the-art architectures using CNNs until like, mid 2020 or 2021 like it's very recent these transformer architectures for vision and especially transformers architectures beating cnn architectures but now with vision transformers we are able to have a global information and if we are able to have a global information we could try to have uh, this information extracted by a self-supervised learning as we were having for uh, nlp problems so facebook and of course it should be Facebook because Ian Lecan is the AI director of Facebook. They proposed a new methodology of training uh, vision transformer architectures using self-supervised learning. Like it's a paper published in December, 2021. So it's less than a month 
that the paper is there, which is amazing because I, I'm, I'm, I'm knowing for first hand and you guys are also knowing for first hand what is the state of the art of vision transformers, like not the state of the art architecture, but the state of the art way of training the architectures. And it's even better because you can take uh, no matter which architecture of vision transformer, of course, for CNNs, it's not going to work, but you take uh, no matter architecture for vision transformer and you train in this way, you do the pre-training this way, you're going to have very good results. Well, so the paper is called May, Vision May. Well, May is, stands for Masked Autoencoder. And just to recapitulate to you guys, an autoencoder architecture is a simple encoder decoder that in a non-supervised way, we're gonna encode the image and through this coding, through this code, we're gonna predict the, the image. So we don't gonna change anything in the image. It's just a normal image. And you want to reproduce the same image. This is an encoder decoder, and this is a non-supervised problem. Just to, to tell you guys, the difference between self-supervised and non-supervised is that unsupervised, we don't change anything. We just want to reconstruct the same image. And self-supervised, we do some small modifications in the problem to train the algorithm. It's just a name. Well, if, if you think they are the same, no problem. You can think whatever you want. But, well, it's just to give different names for different techniques of training. So we're gonna start reconstructing the image. So the algorithm will perform this not that hard task. We, we can do it with not that complicated algorithms like the huge vision transformers models that we have. And we're gonna start the training doing it, but this is not the end goal. The end goal is that after we train it a little bit our algorithm, we're gonna put a mask in 75% of the image and try to reconstruct it. This is huge. 75% of the image will be masked with, uh, well, masked tokens in the pixels. So we're not gonna know the value of 75% of the pixels. So here we are not able to just do a simple interpolation between the neighbor pixels because for many of the pixels, we're not gonna, we don't gonna have a, a neighbor. We're just gonna have a masked pixels around it because the probability of having a masked pixel is bigger than don't having a masking a masked pixel. So to reconstruct this image, we really need to have a global understanding of the whole image. And using transformer architectures, we are able to have this global relationship. And as they showed in the paper, after some time of training, the algorithm was able to reconstruct the image. So if it was able to reconstruct the image, it means that it really understood a global relationship between forms and the pixels and the image itself, which is great because it means that we're gonna have a better representation of uh, the image in the in our model. It's like a masked, it's like a language model, but for images. This is what they call it in the paper. Actually, they they put a language model, but for for images, this is funny. And well, so in the end, they showed that uh, it achieved. Uh, state-of-the-art results, the results using this technique, they show that are better than just using uh, fine-tuning from the ImageNet, which is great, which is really great, guys, because they showed that their model to train this pre-training part was much, much faster than just training from, from ImageNet, which is, guys, you, you don't know how important it is because the computational resource that we need to train these networks are huge. And if they are working, to decrease the need of computational power and the need of GPUs 
this is very good for us normal people that don't have uh, um, infinity GPUs used uh, in the Google Cloud. But well, this is very important. And from now, we are able to train Vision Transformers in the same way we train uh, NLP models. And I told you guys in the end of the episode, I would uh, say a third problem that Transformers are now solving. And this problem is uh, tabular data. You guys know that I also like a lot, uh, as I, I do like uh, Vision, I also like a lot uh, tabular data because we have many problems in our world that uh, are just an Excel table and we can uh, extract a lot of information from this Excel table and do amazing predictions to help uh, like small companies or like financial market. We, we can perform a lot of e-commerces, we can perform a lot of things using tabular data. and. Thinking about uh, Vision Transformer and Transformer for NLP, I thought, well, I could create an architecture to solve tabular data problems. It makes sense to train in a self-supervised way to then do a fine tuning. It would be very good. And then I thought, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna write a paper because I would have a state-of-the-art performance. And that's great. But before doing it, you should ask Google if someone already did it. And of course, someone already did it. And a paper published in 2020 by some Amazon researchers, they created a tabular transformer architecture. This is kind of the same thing, but for tabular data. And the goal is to train using masked language model and replace token detection. And you guys can see that it's very interesting that one paper used what the, the previous one did. This is research and this is why uh, our artificial intelligence field and the whole computer science field is evolving so fast. Because someone in a, like in Google proposed a <laughs> masked language model and then on Amazon they use masked language model and propose another one and Facebook used the, the both of them to a new method and propose a new one and then Google used the one that Facebook proposed. You know, this is amazing. And then someone in uh, Toronto University will propose another one. This is something I really like. But okay, let's come back to, to the tabular transformers. They use a masked language model and replace token detection to train it. You guys already know what it means. But one thing important to explain here is that a problem that we have in tabular data is missing data. And a data scientist takes more time to clean the data sometimes than to do the predictions of or to build a model. And having this kind of models, as it's able to mask, uh, mask uh, an input. Well, when you are saying a mask here, uh, tabular data is composed by columns, the features. And we're going to mask one column or one feature value. And we're going to predict uh, this feature value. And also the replace token detection will tell us which feature is wrong. So if you have noise in your data, the algorithm will be able to understand that this is a noise. And if you have a missing data, the algorithm will be able to predict what is the correct data, which is huge. Guys, data scientists spent a, long, a lot of time to do it. And of course, it, we have some flaws because maybe <laughs> we just want to finish this part because it's very annoying to, to do it, clean the data. And well, having a model to do it for you, it's huge. It's very, very good. But okay, let's go to the results because we have a model that is able to understand noise data 
and also to when you have a missing data, it's gonna fill the correct value. But what's the results? They show that the results for supervised learning, when you have all the labels, it's close to gradient boosting decision trees like XGBoost or even random forest that I talk a lot here in the, the podcast because I really like these algorithms. So the results are similar to XGBoost and much better than the normal MLP. But when you have a case that uh, is mo- uh, part of the data is not labeled, so for a semi-supervised learning, it is much better than all the other algorithms. It's really much better than all the other algorithms because you can learn the data in a semi-supervised way, which is not that easy in architectures like uh, gradient pulsing or random forest. So you can see that it not only achieves great results, but also it works for non-labeled data. It's very good. And for the first time, as I said, you guys, the state of the art use the same architecture and the same way of training for different problems. And maybe this can be a starting point to a future where we're gonna have only one algorithm that is able to solve all these tasks. And I don't know if you guys think it's good or it's bad, but well, this this is a small step for general artificial intelligence, at least uh, in my mind. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was really hard to, well, join all the information and read all the papers. So I hope it was good for you and it helped you some way, somehow. If you think that it could help uh, your friends or some other people, do not hesitate to share it to other people. And don't forget to follow us on social media. On Instagram, we are podcast.lifewithai. And on LinkedIn, it's just lifewithai. And don't forget also to give me five stars on Spotify. If, of course, if you like the episode and if, if you think I should receive your five stars. And until next Thursday, guys, goodbye.